Welcome to the Resources for Integrated Care webinar, Promising Practices for Meeting the Needs of Duly Eligible Older Adults with Schizophrenia. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on November 6, 2018. In this podcast, Heidi, a family caregiver, describes her experience as a family caregiver for her brother, who was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Hi, my name's Heidi, and I'm an RN with a bachelor's degree, and for the last 10 years, I've been taking care of my older brother, Kurt, at home. Said He was a civil engineer uh, who had a breakdown at work when he was 28, and he was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia and OCD. Kurt hears a neutral, a single voice, neutral gender, and he basically hears it just about all the time, but the volume changes depending on what the environmental and emotional triggers that are happening around him. Uh, Several examples of these triggers um, that really increases agitation are predominantly the number one thing that bothers him the most are female voices that argue and the volume raises and decreases and surprise him. He doesn't have this type of reaction as much with men, but for some reason, the women's voices really bother him. Um, He could be in a restaurant or in a grocery store, and automatically he assumes that people are directing comments toward him, and maybe because there are a lot more women in grocery stores than men, this is part of the reason Um, But it's very difficult for him to to get through certain areas of everyday living. Um, Any loud sounds from TVs to crowds to even family members when there's a larger group of people. Um, He thinks a lot of comments are directed toward him. Um, So when they're swearing, when there's negative uh, feelings, he automatically thinks that he's done something wrong and he's the one at fault. And it makes him very paranoid and he basically just starts to withdraw. Uh, He's also not comfortable in dark rooms. He's not comfortable with anything having to do with the color of black. He has associated that with the mafia. And again, everybody's after him and it's difficult to um, to get him to just relax, even in a darkened room. Uh, Kurt tends to have interesting versions of past history with their family, and sometimes this can be very difficult when other family members are hearing stories or passing on different uh, discussions at any family gathering, and of course, Kurt's versions are very in sway to making him uh, be more positive and uh, his memories being much happier than something that might not necessarily have happened um, in everyone else's memories. Uh, and Kurt tries to. Um, He has a very set way of doing things, 
Uh, he, you cannot hurry him. You cannot change his routine. It's, it, you have to plan around him. And uh, there's a, a lot of difficulty with short-term memory, which we've heard in almost all of the previous discussions. Um, he can leave clothes in the dryer. He can leave the stove on. Um, anything from food never, not being put away to not taking his meds. And it can cause, obviously, a lot of negative feelings because he can't cope um, without the meds. Um, I've basically kind of created a caregiver and provider-assisted list to help um, in what I feel would benefit people like my brother and um, I think it's important for caregivers to find out what a person's comfort area is and to know that this, this is where they feel safe when their behavior is changing and it's highly recommended to make sure that they are in their safe zone when they're upset. Um, headphones often with soothing music or nature sounds can really help. Um, when you work together to create a how-to booklet or using post-its, for step-by-step, -step, simple step-by-step -step reminders of how to do simple things like laundry, um, use your cell phone, CD player, because they're often forgetting. Um, even listen to their delusional talk. When Kurt's alone is when his conversation gets going with himself. And you can actually learn what they're obsessing about when you listen and um, have a plan for the negative behavior. The, it's very important for every caregiver to really just stay calm. And you may need to raise your professional voice to get their attention and redirect them to a safer activity. And most important is to be patient. And sometimes that is the very hardest thing to do, uh, but it really, helps keep them calm when you're calm. And also for caregivers, it's really important to create your own support system. Talk to friends, talk to family. You've got to be able to vent. You've got to be able to share your anger, get other ideas, anything that will help you to help them. And for providers, um, when addressing patients, make sure you have their attention. The Kurt was just in the hospital, and I know with every, every resident going through has so many patients on their mind and so much information to assess, but it doesn't do any good to assess when the patient is not there with you giving you any answers. Um, Often when their eyes are glazed or they're staring at the floor or the ceiling, they're not with you. Oftentimes you're going to have to touch them. and You're going to have to kind of push areas and palpate them to say, "Is does this hurt? Is this what's bothering you? Kurtz always will tell you everything is fine. 
you can ask him. He could have black and blue marks all over, and he will tell you he's fine. But when you palpate the area, it's not quite as uh, calm and cool and collected. I mean, he will then express that that hurts and and you have his attention, and he knows that you know you're there to to provide help. Um, there are often speaking um, to a caregiver will greatly help to get a baseline for the way the patient normally acts. It's very rare to. For, in my experience, to have someone come up to me and ask me exactly how Kurt has acted at home. It more, it's more the nursing staff, not so much the residents that inquire. And I've heard it, I can't tell you how many times over the last several weeks that he was in the hospital. Well, he's calm. Kurt's calm. This is great. Kurt, you know, he's ready to go home. Kurt's calm. There's no stimu- There's very little stimulation at the hospital. The rooms are quiet, individual rooms. He's by himself. He has the TV, whatever volume he wants. But unfortunately, this isn't what normal life at home is. You have, I have a son, and he has friends over. Kurt has friends that he does see. And that adds a lot of noise and a lot of, you know, physical and visual stimulation that Kurt is not reacting the normal way when he's in the hospital as when he is at home. And they need to get a baseline. They need to understand that he isn't, doesn't seem quite normal and unfortunately, most of the time, I don't think families realize <clears throat> that something that I feel would help them understand is the hospital provides pharmaceutical assistance so the patient will not harm themselves or others, then they're discharged. The patient's personal psychiatrist or group therapy sessions are what provide all other assistance. People, I think families expect patients to go home and be in the exact same emotional state as they were normally, as opposed to coming home and being just either so stoic because they're over-medicated or frantic because everything was quiet at the hospital and so they could be calm and then they get home and they're overwhelmed. And it's they, the families need to realize that there are other caregivers that can help and assist and the hospital is not the end-all, be-all of, of care for their family. They need to look to the normal caregivers to help them. And this basically is the end of my presentation. I thank you. Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare and Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services 
MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes a full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated and coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about the current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care.